It's the Ringer NFL Show. It is an emergency Khalil Mack podcast. I'm Kevin Clark. Joining me from a wedding on a cell phone, Robert Mays. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm okay. I'm excited to be potting. I'm wearing shorts in the office, which is a major faux pas on weekdays. But there's no rules on yeah, Saturday we're mornings. Yeah, we're living our best lives today. I am, uh, I'm sitting uh, just west of San Francisco on the Pacific Ocean, overlooking some cliffs. There you go. Just kind of stared out over the water and loving everything about life. Okay. It's a great day, Kevin. Okay. So it's a great day for you because your Chicago Bears traded two first-round picks for Khalil Mack. Uh, Khalil Mack is a top three, top five defensive player in the NFL. He's as dominant a force as there is on the defensive side of the ball when he's at his best. And he's playing for a franchise that hasn't had a dominant player like that since Julius Peppers a couple years ago. Robert, when you look at this trade and everything that comes with it, the draft capital that's given up, the extension that they're going to have to give him, your immediate thoughts are what? Let's party. I don't know. <laughs> I'm very happy. It, I understand the risks, and I understand it's a lot to give up, and I understand that not only are you giving up the picks, but this is likely going to come with an extension that probably – Tops what Aaron Donald got from the Presumably, they know the number, right? Presumably, they they have to know the number before giving up the draft capital. So I don't think the extension will take long. No, I think it'll be almost immediate. So you're likely going to give him a deal worth about $23 million a year. So here's how I kind of frame all of this. So let's think about it in the most practical terms. It's the two first-round picks and the extension. And so essentially, the Cleo Mac with that extension, is that worth two first-round picks? And I understand the arguments on both sides. I mean, it's not just, oh, well, it's just one first-round pick because essentially one is for Khalil Mack. That's not how it works. I mean, he's making $23 million a year, most likely, with upwards of $85 million guaranteed. So it's two first-round picks on rookie deals and Khalil Mack. So it's a little bit more complicated. But the Bears have really kind of shown their hand this offseason in terms of what they want their plan to be, right? So Trubisky's on a rookie deal. We have seen how teams assemble rosters when they have a quarterback on a rookie deal. We've seen the Eagles kind of load up. We've seen what the Rams have done this offseason, essentially doing something not totally dissimilar by giving up a first-round pick for Brandon Cooks and giving him a massive massive extension. Brandon Cooks is not Khalil Mack. So I understand the thought process here, but the Bears have a plan that is about two to three years long. I'd say three years. You have Trubisky on two more years of his rookie deal, and then the fifth-year option after this season. Most of the contracts they've handed out, Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel, Trey Burton, the defensive contracts, even Prince of Mukamara, Akeem Hicks is a couple more years. They gave Kyle Fuller a big extension. A lot of the younger guys on that defense, like the Eddie Jacksons of the world, are they're not coming up anytime soon. So financially, it feels like there is a window to make this palatable because they've really pushed their chips into the table over the next three years. I'm probably rationalizing a little bit, but I can understand how you get there if you're the Bears pretty easily. Okay, so a couple things, a couple bits of context. Number one is our own Mike Lombardi tweeted out a few minutes ago, I don't know if you saw it, that he's told that the Bears' offer was by by far the strongest featuring the two ones. No other team was willing to pay that much draft capital. In my opinion, I'm sure, I mean, obviously... This is such an obvious statement, but there are layers to it. It matters where these picks are. 
and and that is tied in with how successful the Bears are. So it's hard to say, oh well, if it's the twenty fifth pick and not the fourth pick. It's it's you know it, it's this difference in value. If they're winning, this doesn't matter. If they're winning, it's like we always talk about. I mean, when Mike Shanahan used to say, "No one's ever said you've overpaid for a great quarterback." If Khalil Mack is the transformative figure on that defense, and they go from the 10th overall defense last year to the number one overall defense. And obviously, you add Roquan Smith and a couple of other pieces. You still have Vic Fangio. No one's going to be saying in two years, damn, I wish they had that, you know, I wish they had that capital to draft a, a you know, a athletic tight end or whatever it is. Nobody cares. And that's just that's, and that's the entire point of this is that if Trubisky does not work out, right? If he does not get elevated by Nagy, if that offense doesn't take a significant step forward, none of this matters anyway. Right. That's so it. it. That's the uh, that's the thought for me is that it doesn't matter if even if it's the fourth pick. Yes, it's going to look awful, but it was going to be awful anyway. Right. I right. mean, that means that Trubisky just totally landed flat, and you need to invest the next couple seasons in him, no matter what. So it was going to be a flaming disaster anyway you split. Okay. So that's why I, I'm okay with it because even if it does end up being a top 10 pick, that is the worst case scenario independent of the Khalil Mack trade and the Khalil Mack extension. So the one thing I think I will say on the positive side for the Bears is what we've known now is that you need to go all in as soon as you have your rookie quarterback. You cannot wait to see if he's the guy. And it's a bit, it's sort of a, a cousin of what's going on with Kansas City, where even though Trubisky played last year, they don't really know if he's the franchise guy, but they've seen enough practices no. and enough preseason games to say, you know, we feel comfortable going all in because you have to. You have to go. Look at Dallas. Dallas got caught flat-footed, and there's a lot of reasons they did that. They didn't know that Tony Romo was going to get hurt. They didn't know Dak Prescott was going to make $700,000 and be a top half of the league quarterback. And in 2016, be a maybe a you know a, a, a close to great quarterback, and they weren't ready. They didn't have the cap flexibility. They didn't they didn't go all in with the weapons around him. They had Jason Witten's retirement. They just weren't equipped to go all in. Had they known they were going to hit on Dak Prescott and he was going to make less than a million dollars for a few years, they could have completely transformed the franchise. And the Bears had the that Bears plan. Are trying to- Meet it in the middle. That's, that's what exactly I'm saying. What that's exactly what I'm saying. They're trying to anticipate that guy taking a step forward. Because that's, that's what you, you don't have do enough time. Again, you don't have enough time to do anything no. other than that. There's only three years These left. These windows are small. The only way to, once that five years is up and you have to have a high-priced quarterback, because that's just the cost of doing business, the only way then to maintain that competitive balance is have an elite, elite quarterback who makes up for the three or four players you're missing with that cap money. And that's very difficult to do. That's a harder needle to thread. It's five of those guys. And when people are saying, how can you give up this much for a non-quarterback, including the salary? It's because they're paying their quarterback $7 million next year. The salary cap is a certain number. The the Bears are $37 million under the cap next season right now before this MAC extension. You assume they'll probably negotiate his number down decently this year. I mean, I assume it'll come in maybe at like 10 somewhere around there. The Rams got Donald to about eight, but the Bears don't need to do that because they still have some space right now. And then it'll probably take a slight jump next season. So let's say it's, for argument's sake, 27. The Bears have 37 million in space now, and they've spent a lot in free agency over the last couple of years. Yeah. You have logical cuts like Deion Sims. The Bears can easily work within the salary cap next year, even with Mac jumping to a huge number. 
I mean, they can do this. This is the reason that you create an ocean of cap space is to spend it. And players like Khalil Mack don't become available in free agency. Yeah. That is the reality of this. So you cannot get Khalil Mack in free agency. So what you're doing is you're saying, will I give up two first round picks for the right to get a player I would never be able to get on the open market? That's exactly what just happened. So there's a couple of things. Number one, this is less, if I'm looking at it from a glass, glass half empty perspective, I think that it's, it's less a cap thing and more a draft capital thing. And it's interesting to me That's because it, it's interesting to me because Adam Sheffer tweeted this out. So obviously this would top if it's two ones and that's it. We don't know the full parameters of the deal, but if it's two ones and that's it, and there's no sort of offsetting fourth round pick or anything like that, um, this would top the Jared Allen trade, which was uh, a one, one, two threes and a swap of fives. And then going back further, and this is just a different sport, basically, uh, 1988, the Seahawks traded Fred Young to the Colts for two first round picks. And in 88, uh, the the Redskins had to give up Will, uh, two firsts to get Wilbur Marshall, but that was in a compensation for free agency. And then uh, Sean Gilbert was two firsts in 1998. That's 20 years ago. Uh, what's different about that? I mean, it's obvious. And it's the team-building question of our era, which is the rookie contract thing. If you hit on two yeah. first-round picks now, they cost five, six million dollars, seven million dollars, depending on where it is. And I remember... 11 years ago, Bill Parcells' first press conference with the Dolphins when he took over and they had the first overall pick. And he kind of hinted that teams didn't want the first overall pick because it was just too expensive. And the the, the game changed so much after 2011 when they capped the rookie wages. And now first round picks are a hell of a lot more important than they were 20 years ago, 10 years ago when the Jared Allen trade happened. So I just, I, I, if you're going to spin it negatively, I think it's not a salary cap thing. I don't. I mean, the salary cap can be solved. It rises ten to twelve million dollars a year now. It's it's there's not enough hours in the day for teams to spend that much money. It's a draft capital thing for me. If it doesn't work out, that's going to be the downside. I totally agree with you, and, and that's a lot to give up. You those two picks again. If the Bears aren't very good and they're a little bit higher in the draft, then we're going to look back at this and say, "Wow, I cannot believe they don't have the picks." But it's a rare trade for a rare player. Guys like Khalil Mack do not become available. That's just how it works. So here's the good and news. That's why they made this deal. And the also the other thing here is that I understand that and I completely agree. But let's not ignore the uncertainty that comes with the draft. Of and course, the oh no, of most course. First round picks are a fifty fifty proposition anyway. And in Khalil Mack, it is a one hundred percent proposition. You're most likely com- dedicating money to him for three years. It may be four if they spread out the guarantees a little bit more like they did with Donald, which is fine. He'll be 31. Yep. You get Khalil Mack from 27 to 31 with a defense that's already pretty complete when you look at the just personnel top to bottom. Yep. It's, I understand why you go out on a limb and do this because they, these deals just aren't on the table very often. And that probably speaks to what the hell the Raiders are doing. Okay, so... The flip side of trading two first-round picks and that much draft capital is I'm not totally sure that John Gruden is going to make them pay. No. Like, John Gruden's not going to go out and crush it. John Gruden's not going to go out and take, like, the two best players. and He's not going to have a 20, you know, a Seahawks draft from 2011 and 2010 and just draft, like, four future Hall of Famers. I don't think that's going to be happening. Yeah, when the when the Raiders get their second version of Colton Miller next year, I'm going to be real thinking They're just going to, yeah. They're just going to draft some left guard, and and then you're going to say, "Wow, I'm glad we didn't 
take that. Um, okay, I have a question. If you're a Raider right now, yeah. especially Derek Carr. I mean, he hasn't. I mean, obviously, like the tw- Twitter's whatever, but he has not been shy about like this is weird. If you're in that locker room, what the fuck are you thinking? Like, how when you walk into work today? I, I can't even imagine what the conversation is. They just traded our best player for no for. I mean, obviously you get the the two picks, but why did this happen? How did this get this way? What are we doing Do we here? Has John Gruden ever stuff? I I, I, I explained I, away the Mark Davis stuff. Do you think that that is real? Because it feels like maybe the the idea that it was reported that they had the cash flow and everything else happened too fast. Maybe that's not actually the case, and there's just more going on here than we think. Or John Gruden's incompetent. It could be one of those two. Lewis Riddick tweeted this out. No logical reason for Raiders to make this football move. No salary cap reason either. This has to be a cash issue. And we talked in the middle of the week about how that was the... I, I had heard from everybody just the thought that it was maybe tied to the funding issue and it was all third hand. It was all sort of league gossip. And then people who were much closer. And I said this at the time, people were much closer to the process. Raiders reporters like Vic Tafer reported. It was not a cash issue. And so just to refresh everybody's, um, uh, free agency knowledge. So the funding rule makes it so that you have to put all the guaranteed money you owe a player into escrow. So you have to have the money up front. You cannot sort of get the money from year to year. And so the theory went. This, Didn't Airsay take a loan out for one of Manning's contracts? Isn't that like the last time this became like a thing? It was. Should, there's. It shouldn't exist. The rule shouldn't exist. Is there a reason that NFL teams are going to just run out of money? They can. They literally print money. Yeah, I don't understand any any part of this. But that literally that, that speaks money. to just like how ridiculous this all is. Is that the the move and everything else going into it probably has played a factor in this? I mean. If I were a Raiders fan right now, I cannot imagine how pissed off I'd be. Okay, let's take a quick break. Today's show is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, and a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash ringer NFL. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. As applications come in, ZipRecruiter analyzes each one and spotlights the top candidates so you never miss a great match. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. With results like that, it's no wonder ZipRecruiter is the highest rated hiring site in America. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash R-I-N-G-E-R-N-F-L. ZipRecruiter.com slash RingerNFL. The smartest way to hire. ZipRecruiter. And also, today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek. 
Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite team, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I had the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek to buy tickets to some of the international soccer games that were here last month. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats to fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, our listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code RINGERNFL today. That's promo code RINGERNFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. Okay. Have the Raiders ever seen an NFL negotiation? <laughs> Have they ever, do they not know whether it's Le'Veon Bell or Aaron Donald or any of these guys? It's like, oh, wow, this is getting ugly. This is getting heated. And then, like, a week, a September 1st comes along and they show up and you give them more guaranteed money and you say, we're going to look at this next year, whatever it is, and you keep them on the team. Or you just give them the money. Just give them the money like they did with Aaron Donald. It took two off-seasons, but it happened with Aaron Donald. There are so many ways to resolve these things, and what the Raiders did was they made the fake stuff real. All of the posturing, ooh, we're going to trade them, we're not going to talk to them, we're going to break off negotiations, all of the posturing, the Raiders are the first team in history to actually do for real. That's So, two things. One, that's why I wrote about it this week, because it just felt like that was happening. It's like, eh, there might be some fire here. I mean, this is not like the rest of these things. This is going on a while. And two, what I've heard from people who have been around the Raiders in the past that apparently when they came to Mac with an extension, he was so turned off by Gruden that it really did like put a painfully and kind of irrecoverably, irrecoverably like sour taste in the mouths of both of those parties when they were talking. That yeah. is my understanding. And I, I've, I've heard that from a couple of people, but it, apparently it started off on such a bad note that it was going to be really hard to come back. Yeah, the, and again, that just speaks to their inability to negotiate like a professional NFL team. Okay, there's a couple <laughs> things. Number one, I agree. The, the, the relationships seem irreparably damaged. Okay. Uh, having said that... We both can't say irreparably, apparently, today. We're, I'm too excited. Having said that, do you know how many people in the NFL work together well and absolutely fucking hate each other? Yes, it's called being a professional. Absolutely fucking. There are coaches and quarterbacks, head coaches and quarterbacks, coordinators, offensive coordinators and quarterbacks, offensive coordinators and head coaches. Maybe it doesn't last for three or four years, but right, you get you get two beers in them at the combine and they're going, <laughs> that fucking guy. 
Like it happens. And every, you know why everybody sticks together is because there's a lot of money to be made and a lot of glory if everyone is rowing in the same direction. Figure, you know okay, John, if John Gruden and John Gruden is like, oh, I don't like Cologne. I don't, if he, if that, if it was all personal, I feel like those things could have been resolved. There's a lot of acrimonious relationships in this league. I totally agree. But you know what? I'm going to take it because the end result oh. of all that dysfunction is Khalil Mack is on the Bears right okay, now. Okay, let's talk for a and second. Again, short-term, short-term expectations for the Bears now, 2018. I think they can make the playoffs. I mean, I think that would, again, it's all about the offense. I think the defense, you know, defense is hard to predict. Aaron Schott's tweet about today is 100% right. Defense is not necessarily a, this is what it looks like on paper. It's going to be a, sometimes that's not how it goes, but they have, that was the one spot on this defense that I looked at and said, they really need somebody there. And now they have the best guy. That front seven is disgusting. If Roquan comes in and plays well right away, oh my God. I mean, that unit top to bottom is one of the more complete in the NFL now with Khalil Mack. There are no like defined weaknesses. I mean, maybe Jonathan Bullard is not as good of another interior lineman as you'd want. I don't, I don't know what else to say. Leonard Floyd is, has his issues, but he's pretty darn good. The Roquan, Danny Trevathan, that's secondary. Uh, it, it's, that unit has a chance to really take a huge step because what Khalil Mack does, he's like the rug in the Big Lebowski. Like he just brings mm-hmm. the room together. It, mm-hmm. He is going to give so many single teams to the guys on that defensive line, and their run defense is going to be better because of him. It's everything becomes elevated because Khalil Mack is there. They could easily have a top five defense now. It's all about the offense. Can the offense? I'm not asking them to be last year's Rams, but can they take a significant step forward just by virtue of scheme, helping their quarterback, and elevating the pass catchers? It's a loaded NFC, but they absolutely could win 10 games if things break the right way. It is so funny to me that on July 29th, that the report came out that John Gruden and Kalamak had never spoken. And Gruden was like, oh, no, I did talk to him once when we, I got the job. And then that, that's supposed to help? <laughs> As if that would defuse it. I did, here's a quote, I did speak with him when I got the job. When I first got the job, when I first got hired, I spoke with him. Oh, thank you, John. Could you imagine any other franchise where, like, it's just one guy? I, like, I, Sean McVay got hired last year when Aaron Donald wanted a new contract. Wouldn't it have looked weird if Sean McVay was just like, I don't really have that much interest in talking to Aaron Donald? Yeah. It would be extremely weird. I have definitely started. I mean, I had my doubts about the John Gruden era in Oakland. They have gotten much, much more pronounced over the last 24 hours. I would say. I would also say that they're, they're moving soon. I, I, I feel like we're, I'm ready to believe anything with the Raiders. I mean, absolutely. The Raiders could be the worst team in the NFL this year. Um, yeah, maybe. I, I, I'm. I, I'm just saying they could. I'm ready to believe anything with them. Any store we're going to see. Is like, there a reason that the Raiders will not have a bottom five defense this year? I mean, they had a they had bad defenses when they were good in 2016. They had the 29th ranked defense by DVOA last season with Khalil Mack. Mm-hmm. They added no players. They were pretty bad in 2016, but they just had a. a, yeah, a they just allowed incredibly huge plays. Um, I, I yeah, everything about this is great. You're excited. 
Hey, buddy. I literally was just, I was having breakfast at the hotel and September by Earth, Wind & Fire came on and I like almost started dancing in the restaurant. I'm at a wedding. I cannot imagine how things are going to go. Get to dance. The good news hours. is you get it's to you get fun. to dance. Oh yeah, you get I've to dance in anyway, a judgment-free zone. Hey, I know this is a uh, a Khalil Mack emergency podcast, but I would be remiss if I didn't say that Paxton Lynch has made the 53-man roster in Denver. Wow, that's what matters today. Good for Paxton Lynch. The only person having a better day than me is Paxton Lynch. They will look at the waiver wire, but on. The first wave of cuts, Paxton Lynch, has survived. Good for him. If, if, it weren't for, if it were any other day, I would say he won. But you know what? Today, I am the winner. Did he win? No doubt about Did that. he win? I think he kind of yeah, just wants to go somewhere else. Jobs are good. I like jobs. Uh, I mean, he's, it, the money's guaranteed. That's the beauty of being a first-round pick. It's wonderful. Paxton Lynch, right, by buddy. the way. Paxton Lynch, by the way. A great argument the first-round picks are overrated. There it is. That's, that is a We're tying a bow on the entire podcast by letting you listener know that if you have a first round pick, sometimes you end up with Paxton Lynch. Or sometimes you trade two of them and you get Khalil Mack. Exactly. It's a great day, man. I, my favorite day as a Bears fan it, recently was probably the day they signed Julius Peppers in 2010. I still refer to it as Julius Peppers Day. And uh, I remember it fondly. And this one will go down in a in similar way. I, I will remember it the same way. I will remember where I was. I'll remember the scenery. I'll remember the feeling. Waking up and my phone was just like littered with text messages and Twitter notifications. It, it's the best kind of day. I, I and Just like out of obligation, I tweeted it yesterday that if yeah. you were available, I think it made sense for the Bears. And then somehow it was willed into existence, which I will take. It has been a wonderful 12 hours. So uh, real quick, we did the long, short-term expectations. Long-term, do they have to get to a Super Bowl for this move to have worked out? I don't think that's how it works. I think you make the moves available to you in the moment. And, and that's kind of why I understand it right now, because it's about this. It's not about results. You have a plan, and they are, they are adhering to that plan. It's a plan think, that's probably lasting about, about three years, and I, that's fine with me. I mean, that if you have a coherent understanding of where you want to go and how you can get there, if it doesn't work out, that's okay. And right now, in my mind, they have one, and that is so much more than I can say about this team over the last five seasons. I'm happy for you. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. It's a good day. All right. That's it for us. Thanks, guys. Talk to you guys next week.